The Will Cain Show podcast is presented by the Capital One Saver Card. Earn 4% cash back on dining and entertainment, 2% at grocery stores, and 1% on all of their purchases. I know Will's about to be in a great mood. Everybody's sitting here. You guys got your daytime soccer. Who we got right now? Should we even say? Because I don't want people to change the channel from the Rosillo Show <laughs> with Will Kane, ESPN Radio, ESPN app. Yesterday was Cerruti's day. Roma was playing. Today's my day. Man City's playing. Man City's playing. This is fun for you guys. Roma won their group. What's up? See, that's what you don't, I think that's what you're missing about soccer. It interferes with nothing. It's just more sports you get. I don't want any more. I don't, I don't want to have to watch anything. But hold on now. Let me just change it again. There's no have to to it. I understand that sports has become your job and you're hanging out. Like last night, I watched University of Texas, VCU. I watched, uh, Arizona, Texas A&M, knowing full well we were not going to talk about that today. But that was fun for you. Oh, it was joyful because like the of UFC, that. The UFC on Saturday, I wanted to watch that, but I go, there's no way I should be paying attention to the pay-per-view for the UFC tonight when I got the Big Ten and ACC championship game, although I probably could have just turned off the ACC championship <laughs> at some point. You can watch soccer with no obligation, no responsibility. Just take it in and acknowledge your ignorance. And By the way, it. is the U... Hey, can I just say I was a little bit on that? Yeah, I mean, a little bit saying there's some overratedness going here. They avoided, because of Bama being in over Ohio State, and if Ohio State had gotten in over Bama, maybe there wouldn't be as much backlash publicly because people aren't as sick of Ohio State as they are Alabama, although Ohio State I would put in that group of finding a way to work their way back in after a mistake. But uh, Miami got so smashed that, that no one, it wasn't even part of wasn't even part of Monday's deal. Wait, I want to ask Ryan a question. It's college football, okay? Yeah. Don't worry. It's sports. Yeah, I know oh, it's I unplanned. Got, it's not on our run sheet, you. and okay. it could make you mad. So hold on. Saruti, I'm going to ask Ryan that thing that I did to Matt Berry yesterday. Mike, remember when I did that? Will he get mad? Probably. Okay. But you don't right. do it anyway. All right. Do it anyway. All right. I just want to ask you a question, right? Yep. About the whole college football playoff committee. I'm scared that I'm running headlong into a buzzsaw of Ryan Rant that was laid down the day before. Can I just say this? A few more caveats. I'm with you. Right four teams. I'm with you. We select the better team. I get it. You had some better quality wins, Ohio State. Nobody thinks you're better than Alabama. Okay? I'm in. We're all together here. We agree on the conclusion. Taking a very long time for you to say Can I just ask you this? If Wisconsin had beaten Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship game, who would have gone to the playoffs? Wisconsin. Was Wisconsin the better team than Alabama? I don't believe so. I don't think anybody believes so. Nobody. Mm-hmm. For 12 weeks of commentary, 13 weeks of commentary, nobody thought Wisconsin was better than Alabama. But we would have taken them. Okay, just clear on the whole, we take the best team thing. Yeah, no, I understand what you're doing, as if I haven't already thought about this before. <laughs> oh, uh, that's a no, attractive but it's just, quality. It's... <laughs> I think the most deserving and best thing is like a lot of this. It's a moving target. I mean, would you pick? In other words, there are no standards. Um, no, see, I know what you're doing there. You're trying to get me to go down a road so you can say, like, there's there's nothing to any of this. Like, do you think Auburn's better than Alabama? Hmm. Well, they were that one night. Do you hate it <laughs> when I'm smart enough to figure out, like, how to answer these questions back to you? I don't feel like I would. Uh, apparently, I'm so dumb, I don't know how I got got yet. <laughs> You're about to. Hold on. All right. Do you think Auburn is better than Alabama? Yeah, I'm going to say Auburn's better than Alabama. Yep, yep. So they why, beat them. So why yep. aren't they in? 
Well, no, no, no. See, what I'm doing is, and you can't get me. I can't be God because what I'm doing is, and all the caveats you thought I was laying down is, I agree with you guys. I agree that these are the four best teams, except I did just say Auburn's better than Alabama. What I'm telling you is pointing out the flaws in my own argument. I don't think any of this is bulletproof, and I don't think you can peacock around going, you know what, we take the four best teams, when if you change that outcome of the Big Ten championship games, it becomes pretty clear you don't just take the four best teams because you wouldn't have taken Alabama over Wisconsin. But I'm okay with that. I don't. I don't understand. I think between the first hour of the show and right now, what's clear is you're okay with moving targets, fickleness, dictatorial decree. <laughs> you're clear. You're good with no rules and standards. Right. And you, you defend sexual harassment. <laughs> Check out our first hour if you don't get that reference uh, to the backlash to Will's very reasoned take on this whole thing. Auburn has three losses. You can't put them in. You can think they're better than Bama, and you're probably right. They just beat them. Now, granted, they beat them at their place, but there's there's a there's a level that you can go to this where you go, I think Alabama's better than Ohio State, and oh, Ohio State has two losses. Okay, I'll do this. I think Alabama's better than Wisconsin, but Wisconsin won the Big Ten. Maybe it's the best conference. They are 13-0, even though the schedule was poo-poo until the 13th game. Yeah, if I were in the room, I would hope people were talking like this. So everybody that wants to get mad at the committee for all of these standards, like what, in what world have you been living in? Where you go, okay, this group of people are going to go in a room, they're going to have opinions about things, they're going to come up with something, and you're going to like all of it. No, I, uh... You're going to like how they get there. You're going to love all their work. You know, show me your math. You're going to like, you're going to like, no, nah, it doesn't exist. It doesn't happen. That's why I'm okay with it. I'm, ex- I'm, I'm tired of. We need a sports Magna Carta. No, then we don't. Why? Why do we need more lists? Why do we need more qualifications clicks, for every single lists, thing that we're doing? Clicks. It's like the Hall of Fame debate. Like, should these guys be in? If Bonds is in, I have no problem with it. And if Bonds has a plaque, I would go, okay. No, no, we need to put something else next to it. Why? If you're enough of a baseball guy to go to Cooperstown and pay for an admission and walk around, why do you need a sign? that tells you something you already know. Are you afraid of the people that visit the Hall of Fame that didn't pay attention to baseball? I think it all works out. And again, to revisit the top, I agree with the conclusion the committee arrived at. And it all works out having no rules and living in this laissez-faire, libertarian dream, let them do what they want. They are are our benighted leaders, these 13. It all works out when we agree. And you're just assuming, and by the way, it hasn't, it'll never go bad. It'll never go bad. They'll never make the wrong choice. They'll never be completely and obviously irrational. And what I'm telling you is it's not – there's no history or standard of rationality. We're just getting lucky that they agree with us. Yeah, but you're turning the committee into Deadwood, and that's what I think is a reach here. Hold on. Flesh that out for me. Al Swearingen? Yeah. Just kind of behind the bar telling you what happened. Pinkertons. Yeah. (laughs) Take some of these dudes out. I hate the Pinkertons. Uh I, I'm accusing the committee of being at the top going dilly-dilly. You know, pit of misery, let it happen. And everybody's like, what? Wait. You just sound like paranoid to me. You're paranoid that the committee is going to do something that we you're, – you're basically saying that we shouldn't trust the committee. Eventually that they're going to screw us over and do something wrong. I just think you're good, you don't loyal trust subjects. Them. So you think I'm a good, loyal subject who, who questions nothing. Is that what you're saying? And, and again, I'll, I'll remind everybody here. They put in Alabama over Ohio State. They didn't decide to go, you know, we just like the way TCU closed. No, 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 no. Don't, don't refuse that. No. Don't, don't revisit. I didn't say they got it wrong. 
I think they got the same right teams. I'm actually being, you know that whole thing that Ranchy did the other day that went viral? I'm the one telling you the truth. I'm the one. Hold on. Don't, let me don't be taking my No, line. I'm taking your line. I'm building on it. You know what? I'm changing it. I'm building <laughs> on it. take my Just line. listen to this. I'm the one not being biased because I'm pointing out the holes in my own argument. You just don't like that it happens to be yours as well. I'm pointing out the flaws in our own logic by saying you wouldn't have taken Alabama over Wisconsin. So the better team thing, who's the four best team thing, is not exactly bulletproof. No, it isn't, and I've never said that it was. But what I'm telling you is you really think I'd be sitting here this long not thinking about a 13-0 and Wisconsin scenario? Told you to make him mad, guys. No, it didn't make me mad, but it's an, it's... It's absurd to think that I wouldn't have thought about that. And I've said, and we said prior to, if they win, I go, you know what? I'd probably just throw them in there, and that's okay. You know, if if Auburn, if we're all going to sit here and go, hey, Auburn's probably better than Bama. They just beat them. Now, we don't know which version of this Bama team we're going to get. And I'm these linebackers they get back from all these injuries with all this time off. But then you can't put Auburn in there. You go, you know what? I may think you're better, but I can't justify it. Bama, Ohio State could be justified. So in the, the end, what you're upset is that I thought you might not have considered this scenario. <laughs> okay, got it. Next segment. Okay, Jimbo Fisher explains his exit from Florida State in a way that's really going to annoy you. If you weren't mad about college football coaches before, you will be after you hear this. The Rosilla Show, Will Kane, reminding you Amazon has everything you need for the perfect holiday get-together from whining to dining to reclining together afterwards. Visit Amazon today at ESPN Radio. In life, there are talkers and there are doers. Sometimes it's not hard to tell the difference. Mike Bloomberg has spent his life getting big things done. Starting his business out of a one-room office, Mike built a company with 20,000 employees, all with good pay and quality health care. Elected mayor in the aftermath of 9-11, Mike got to work helping rebuild a shaken city, creating nearly 500,000 new jobs and expanding health care for nearly 700,000 New Yorkers. Now, there's a clear choice. Do you want a debater or a doer? Someone who can fix health care, who's done it. A guy who's unafraid of tough challenges, who has a track record creating jobs, who's taken on the NRA and won. That's Mike Bloomberg, a proven leader who can unite our country and get big things done. That's who can beat Trump. That's who we need in the White House. I'm Mike Bloomberg, candidate for president, and I approve this message. Paid for by Mike Bloomberg 2020. Geico presents, oh boy, another voicemail from your roommate. Hey, I got some bad news. Someone broke into our apartment and they took your TV and your computer. But what's most upsetting is they took my water bottle. Oh wait, there it is. I was really worried for a second. Oh, they took your stereo too. The Geico Insurance Agency could help keep your personal property protected. Like if your roommate is only worried about her $2 aluminum water bottle. Visit Geico.com to see how easy it is to switch and save on renter's insurance. From ESPN's Jordan Renan, ESPN.com, it's that Eli Manning is officially back now as the Giants quarterback. Interim head coach Steve Spagnuolo renouncing that decision Wednesday after the Giants practiced for the first time since the firing of Ben McAdoo and the GM Jerry Reese. So Spagnuolo going with Eli Manning, which is not a surprise at all. Will Kane, the Rosillo Show, it's ESPN Radio. I talked a little bit about the rule stuff with Gronk, where I feel like we are obsessed with punishment. We want everyone to be suspended all the time. We want people to be suspended even further. We want more language. We want more rules. We want to somehow feel better if something's different than one has to be treated differently than the other. I think the Gronk hit was the worst thing that we've seen from the entire week, worse than the stuff from Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. But I'm okay that, hey, man, we're giving you a game. You're getting a game. Boom, boom, boom. Crabtree, you guys end up getting a game. 
two to one, blah, 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 whatever. Um, and I think this topic is, is very similar. And that is when a college football coach leaves, for the most part, we hate it. And we hate it because we feel like it's unfair. We feel like the coach has more rights than the player. I've said numerous times, that's kind of the way life works, folks. The person that's in charge, your boss gets to do things that you don't get to do. When you go on a sales trip or you go to some convention together, your boss is probably staying in a nicer hotel. They might have a closer parking spot. Like a lot of that stuff happens. Now, the college football thing is looked at far worse because we feel like, look, as we said, there's the Bennett brothers theory of college sports is slavery and then you can move up or down from that. Mostly down. Yeah. Uh, I don't agree with that, but I think that there's some some problems with the way the uh, finances work in this. Okay, so Jimbo gets this deal. Jimbo gets this deal. Goes to A&M, $75 million, Outrage about that. Outrage about the private jets now all the time from everybody on social media. But Jimbo went on with Golik and Wingo this morning, and he was asked specifically, like, how did this thing go down? Okay, and see if you buy Jimbo's side. We had a team meeting. I was planning on coaching the game on Friday because they had got to my representation and started to make the offer, and I was going to decide on Saturday night or Sunday, and our president asked me if I could make a decision on Friday thought it would be best. So I went over and met with him approximately 11, 30, 12 o'clock, somewhere in that range, and we sat down and talked about it, and, and I made a decision. But we weren't going to – no one was going to know, and I, was, I, he was, I had to tell him that. Then, and then I was going directly to our team meeting at 2 o'clock and was going to tell the players. And when I walked in, and I told the players. Okay, all right, so he told the players. But then we had DeAndre Francois, the quarterback, who, again, was hurt in that Alabama game to start the season. He tweeted out, no call, no text, nothing, SMH, all right? So he was Jimbo was asked about Francois. I understand situations. They make very similar situations. Just, you know, for instance, like Derwin is right now. He has to leave and go to the NFL and has to decide whether to play in a bowl game. And that guy. Okay, now wait a minute. I'm backing this up because this is him talking about how he has to leave and how similar this is to Derwin James, their safety, their all-everything guy, going to be a top-ten pick, and Derwin is going to leave school early. I understand situations. They make very similar situations. Just, you know, For instance, like Derwin is right now. He has to leave and go to the NFL and has to decide whether to play in a bowl game. And that guy right there is as great a competitor as you ever put on the field and as great a young man. And it's kids understand that. And you know, mostly we've, I've talked to a lot of our players since then and text back and forth and and I had a good rapport with all that whole scenario. But, you know, unfortunately, that's a part of this thing that's not always a fun thing. So that bothers you, the comparison to Derwin James? Oh, I think it's going to bother a lot of people. Yeah. Okay, I, I'm more on the coach's side on some of this stuff, but that one, it just sounds bad. Let me tell you, I got into this debate, and it ended up being a, deba- a debate with Matt Barry yesterday when you were out, because the move that really offended Barry is less so Jimbo Fisher and more so Willie Taggart. Because Willie Taggart only stayed at Oregon for one year. So he spent that year convincing a program and, more importantly, recruits and kids that he's committed to this idea, come stay and play with me, and he's gone in a flash. I think in both situations, I don't don't know if it's philosophical, like you should be able to have freedom of movement of your job. It's logical. It's understanding that a guy's going to take $75 million if it's offered to him. But I have a hard time... I'm certainly not going to say coaches shouldn't be able to do this. You can say it's unethical to say, come join me, join my program. I promise to be here. I promise to bring you along and mean none of it. I mean, clearly that's unethical. And clearly a lot of kids who feel like they signed up to be with a coach more than just a program, as you pointed out to Damian Woody, there are guys who sign up. I'm I'm going to wear burnt orange. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not necessarily going for Charlie Strong. Those guys exist, right? 
But I think a lot of these guys do sign up to play for certain coaches because of their style, because of their offense, because of their personality, because of their belief in them. And then now it's gone. And I do think you have some accountability there. The Taggart one is tough because you're right, it's one year. But if you're Taggart, what are you supposed to do? I'm with you on that. You're, from, you're right. from, even though the homecoming to Tallahassee, he played at Western Kentucky, he's from Bradenton. But, all right, so you're back at Florida State. Florida State's a better job than Oregon. And it's there. Are you supposed to say no? You're supposed to say no? I think the sooner we all understand that everybody in this world is kind of out for themselves, then maybe the quicker we get over this stuff. Do you think kids should be able to transfer schools without sitting out a year? I used to think it was the dumbest thing to have it be no year to sit out because I think college basketball is going to be insane how often guys would be transferring. You'd be recruiting your own guys by December. You'd have these freshmen in who aren't getting enough minutes or a few shots don't go down, and you go, okay, look, now we got to recruit this guy to make sure he doesn't just leave and then go to some other conference or stay in conference. But now, because of how outraged everybody is, like I want everybody to kind of get their wish. I want every college basketball fan that thinks it's unfair that coaches have benefits over players, which is, again, I think kind of a reflection of how life works when you have managers and employees. Um, and as I say employees, people can say, well, these guys aren't paid. And, and yeah, the NCAA and, and the coaches and all of these people use education when it benefits them and that it's a student athlete. Like They do that when it benefits them, and then they try to ignore it when we're talking about transferring that stuff. But I'd be fine. I'd be fine with everybody – being able to transfer however they want to transfer, more power for the player, if we stop judging these coaches for doing things that basically every single one of us would do if given the same opportunity. Deal. Deal. Okay. I'm for freedom. I'm right. for, not to be cliched and coin that, but I, I think coaches should be able to move freely because, as you just said, every one of us would do the same thing if offered $75 million. And I think it needs to be reciprocated to the players. I don't think in-season transfers make sense. You got to serve out your commitment of the season, but you know they should I, be able to transfer without sitting out a year. Yeah, I'm with you now with that. The Durham one's tough there though because I, I think some people will listen to that and be like, "Wait a minute!" So now you, you're trying to say that like you bolting from this group and Francois again got twenty thousand retweets. No call, no text. You could have said something. Jimbo did explain with those guys this morning. He's like, he was in class. We had this meeting. You can believe Jimbo. You cannot believe Jimbo. But when he says, yeah, you know, Derwin James may leave early, and it's just it's the same deal with him. And then they're going to go, no, 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 no. You have seventy five million on the table. This is a kid who hasn't been paid yet. That's looking for an NFL career. What I'm saying is that every time there's an exit, if you lose a job, you'll always feel like it should have been handled a different way. When you're tra- these baseball players, I've heard it from players where they go. You could have called. And then what happens? The GM calls and he leaves a voicemail, and then you hear all he did was leave a voicemail. And you go, all right, so then what am I supposed to do? And then the guy will go and find the person and try to say face-to-face, hey, we're going to trade you. And then the guy will say, hey, I don't want to talk to you right now. You just traded me. So very rarely will you have friends or anyone in any walk of life where you go, hey, how was that when you lost your job? You'll be like, oh, loved it. Handled perfectly. Couldn't have gotten rid of me better. Or, hey, you quit your job. How did your boss feel about it? Total support. Loved it. That you wouldn't I wouldn't want that. Yeah, right. You actually wouldn't want that. <laughs> so I I understand people not liking Jimbo. I understand people not liking the words. I understand the hypocrisy of college sports and all these different things. But I'm not going to trash a coach for going to a gig that he wants more, especially for a bump in pay. Yep. Um, 
I know you had one little thing there. Go well, on. I was just going to say this. I've met a lot of coaches. I know you have as well, and they've come through ESPN. You meet them on their media days, and I and I found this, Ryan. I found essentially three categories of college football coaches. You got the CEO type, button down. I don't know how you connect with the players, but you might make all the trains run on time type of coach. You've got your good old boy, like I understand 100% how you're connecting with the players, but how does the whole thing run kind of guy. And then you've got this, I think, which is a rare class that is both, both a CEO and a good old boy and somebody you connect with who could you can envision in a living room recruiting and you can envision with a billionaire. Those are rare. I will tell you That's this. That's the Mac Brown one. That is Mac Brown to a T. And I will tell you that when I met Jimbo Fisher, he is in that rare class, in my judgment, of who can be in both of those rooms. The Levitard trashed Jimbo, right? All right, let's play the Jimbo stuff. Let's just do that next real quick because Levitard said Jimbo's totally overrated, and I want to hear that sound and play that for you, all right? The Jimbo Fisher show, uh, show here today. <laughs> <laughs> Rosilla Show, Will Kane, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Compare rates for you so you get the best deal, even if it's not with us. Saving you time and money now. That's Progressive. Call or click today. Now that Human Resources VP Ashley Campbell has Kronos for HR, payroll, talent, and time, she's managing her workforce like a rock star. She even has her own hype song. I'm the spark before the fire. I'm the power in the train. I have a really diverse workforce with different hours, skill sets, and pay grades. Don't stop. Don't stop. I'm the dream. You should know that. Now we're motivating and engaging the right people. Every step of the way. Kronos, HR solutions for the modern workforce and the people who support them. Learn more at Kronos.com slash HR Swagger. As we told you earlier in the show, interim head coach of the New York Giants, Steve Spagnolo, has named Eli Manning the starter for this weekend. We got Will Kane today on the Rosillo Show on ESPN Radio. As a Cowboys fan, how terrified of Eli in this game should I be this weekend? He hasn't been great this year. Not to say that he should have been benched, but um, I don't know. I mean, between the old line and the lack of offensive weapons, what do you think? Is he going to be just so mad he's going to take it out on you guys without any of his receivers? I revenge mean, game. Revenge game? Oh, yeah. Show him a game. This isn't it. better for you. This isn't better that he gets Gino benched. starting? <laughs> yes, yes. I was agree. really hoping Davis Webb was going to start, to be honest. Let's just feel this thing out. Look at old Davis Webb. Do you have quarterbacks that you look at, and if they make like a decent throw, you're at home, or you're sitting with your buddies, maybe you're at a bar, and you go, you know, I, I always kind of like Joe Webb. Joe, oh, Joe yeah, Webb. Not, yeah, I not forgot jo- about Joe like Joe Webb, Webb got that, that Bills that game. Tyrod was really bad against this past, the past weekend. And I, and I, all the Tyrod apology, you can tell me what the stats are, whatever. I don't care. I didn't want to hear him. Um, he had a bad game. You can tell me it's a knee injury, whatever. But Joe Webb got in there at one point, not Peterman, but mm-hmm. Webb, and he let it rip and he missed McCoy, which could have been a touchdown. So it wasn't even necessarily the right throw. Mm-hmm. But I just, I think all of us have these quarterbacks that we have. I don't even call it a blind spot, but too much. Well, I'll tell you one that I did. Support for? I did one recently, and I know how I get into this position. Sure. <laughs> and I'm regretting it. Uh, there was some Jay Cutler defense. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> did you mean to hit the laughter or the whoa? <laughs> kind of worked out. 
You know, I just felt like Cutler gets a little bit of a he's awful rap when actually what he is is pretty average. But you Ooh, know, how, I don't know. I think he was. I think he was dangerous. But I figured out how he's average because he can be good and he can be awful, and that averages out. He's not consistently average. Would you rather have Tyrod <laughs> or Cutler? Now, right now? No, I would say. Well, it would have to be peak versus peak because there are some decent. Peak Cutler, Cutler was. I mean. Yeah, was, there wasn't a lot of Pete Cutler, though. That's the problem. It was above average, though, Pete Cutler. See, I think, I think I'd still rather have Tyrod. Right now, I mean, of course I'd rather have Tyrod, yeah, because that's the no. whole point is Cutler has been so bad this year. I, just, I don't know. So, again... Uh, what happens when you hang around a guy like Stephen A. Smith, who's constantly telling you that Cutler is garbage and he's trash? And then you start to like him going, You know more. what? He's not. That's not accurate. And then this happens. Yeah, the Tyrod thing was a little bit like the football resumes. Like, I know Ohio State what your argument's going to be. Hey, Alabama, I know what your argument's going to be. I know what everyone's argument is going to be and the stuff that you will leave out. And the Tyrod supporter will tell him, I already know. UBR, I got it. Yeah, Mike Lemon's contract was too much. Yep, understood. We agree on a lot of this stuff. But maybe it was just because Tyrod was hurt this past Sunday. I want to do one more little Jimbo Fisher thing here because we were just talking about it because I just think him saying, hey, you know, I had to leave A&M. Derwin James has to make a decision too. That's not going to go over well. People don't want to hear it because people are not, the majority of people that are sports fans are not sitting here, especially with a microphone going, you know, I kind of like, I like things unfair. I like, I like the You coach. have all show. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I do. I've done, I've done the unfair thing. I'm, I'm fighting for the unfair. But Lebetard, who, by the way, deserves a lot of credit, because he's been getting crushed down in Miami for a, a, a few things, but he was like, "Oh, really?" You know, he goes, "Clemson's going to destroy them. He's going to just the Hurricanes." Is back, folks. No, it's not. So I'll give him credit for that. But this is an interesting uh, assessment of Jimbo. This is once Jimbo got the deal. Jimbo Fisher, Stugatz. Jimbo Fisher, who was not special in any way. He right. just happened to be the guy who was at Florida State after Bobby Bowden. Jimbo, Jimbo Fisher is not a special, brilliant coaching mind. When he lost his quarterback this year, he had six losses. Right. When he has not had Jameis Winston, he has been just another guy. Pretty average. <laughs> I just love Stu going, yep, yep, totally right. Pretty average. Agree or disagree? I disagree. And I just laid it out for you to some extent uh, in the prior segment. Here's the thing. Jimbo Fisher inherited a heck of a program for Bobby Bowden. Jimbo Fisher had an amazing quarterback in Jameis Winston. They, you have Jimbo Fisher's one win-loss records, right? Sruti, without Jameis Winston, I mean, it's clearly not as good as it is with Jameis Winston. Right. Um, but here's the analysis that I gave, and I believe that I have met three different classes of college football coach, coaches. The guy you can put into a, crew, a recruit's room. The guy who can uh, is a good old boy that you can imagine playing golf with or hunting with. Then there's the CEO type, the guy that you're like, man, nice personality you got there, but I'm sure everything's buttoned down. And then you got the cross section, the guy who's both, who can go into the living room with a recruit and into the boardroom with a billionaire. And that has to happen at big programs. And Jimbo is in that class where I can see him being in a billionaire's office and in a recruit's living room. And you have to have that at some programs. Some programs you don't. But Texas A&M, I think, needs one of those kind of guys. But do you think he's a good coach? When you hear him say, oh, no Winston average. Yes, I think he's a good coach. Yeah, I think Levitard's so wrong on this one. I'm actually shocked he's this wrong. Uh, and he's usually really good at this stuff. But if you look at what Jimbo has done as an OC at LSU, 
helps win a national title. All right, you want to say it's all Saban? Fine, I'll even give you that one. Scott Woodward, who worked there at the time, is now the A&M AD. Does he think that Jimbo's a moron? And he goes, you know who was terrible 15 years ago at LSU? That guy. I'm going to have him be my head coach. Okay, you want to throw the no Jameis thing at me? If you don't look it up, that sounds accurate. But when you look it up, he went, Jimbo did. He's somebody that with EJ Manuel went 12-2. and With Winston goes undefeated. The next year with Winston. So the numbers are pretty good there, but then he was 10-3 and and 10-3 and post-Winston. So it's not like all of a sudden he's this disaster. 6-6 six and six is not who Jimbo has been, even though that's who he was. And you have to remember, he didn't inherit this beautiful running machine from Bobby Bowden. Florida State was stagnant for a bunch of years. From 09, Bobby's last year, when I talked with him in 09, and he told me he was coming back for one more year, and that's how it was all going to go down. He was fired that week. Uh, there's a stretch there from like 2004 to 2009 where it's, it's nine and five, nine and three, eight and five, seven and six, seven and six, nine and four, seven and six. Jimbo was inheriting not the Florida State that Bobby had rolling. He was he was inheriting this stagnant deal. So to say that okay LSU, let's forget his success there. I'll I'll even I won't even use the LSU thing to say that he just took over for Bobby and then was lucky with Jameis. You're finding a way to argue against him every single time. I'm not even telling you Jimbo is one of my all-time favorite guys, but to suggest that he's Winston and a nothing without him is not telling the entire story. Ponder first-round pick. He got EJ Manuel to be a first-round pick. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like he's going five and seven without Winston in four other seasons, and just happen to have two really good ones with Jameis. They're really good with Jameis. Don't get me wrong, but there's some other really good ones in there as well. All right, I thought Saruti had something to say. Saruti's like, I'm out on this. You're staring me down. All right, subscribe right now with 30 for 30 Podcast in the Listen tab of the ESPN app or Apple Podcast. brought to you by ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Try for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash 30. This was an analogy that I really didn't like that happened maybe a year ago, and it came back up on first take today with you, Oh, and then you... Uh, went in a way where I, I kind of know why people got mad about it. Oh, All right? Okay. All right, we'll do that topic next. Coming up here, Will Kane, Russell Show, and Diana Rossini live in studio next, top of the hour, ESPN Radio. An interesting creature inhabits the flat, arid plains of many an automobile dashboard, the bobblehead. It's most agreeable and will nod along to anything, despite having no brain function. But when the bobblehead hears how Geico not only saves people money, but also gives them access to licensed agents 24-7 online and over the phone, he'll nod even more vigorously because he knows you should switch. Because yes, switching to Geico is a no-brainer. Easy, bobblehead, easy. You're going to get whiplash. You went on first take today, and as it seems to be the role now, what can we put Will on topic-wise where he will get killed for a stance? Like They don't even have you on anymore to go, bam, Ohio State. It is is the Alabama welfare system at risk. <laughs> First of all, I hate the word "role" because, man, I just—I know I don't mean it that way. I'm not, I know I'm you not don't mean it that way. But that's kind of the nonsense that gets fired playing a role. But you guys, you guys got into the Muhammad Ali thing with all the Colin Kaepernick news. You want to know the take that got everybody upset? You want to do a new bit? You want to say what pit, what made people mad today? That right? too, yeah. Either <laughs> one of those. Either. We could do every day that you're on first take. What was the thing that had people so upset with Will Kane about today? And today was what? Today, by the way, you would have loved yesterday's answer to that question. But today... Um, what was yesterday? I, I don't know. I, I got Carbot of the Giants. Oh, okay. All right. Well, at least it was sports. <laughs> um, look, 
Is it fair to compare Colin Kaepernick to Muhammad Ali? Sports Illustrated awarded Colin Kaepernick the Muhammad Ali Award. And my response to that was this. It's more fair than you realize. It's more appropriate than you realize. Number one, I don't question either man's sincerity and conviction in what he believes in. Number two, their sacrifice is clear. Muhammad Ali sacrificed years in the prime of his career for his protest against the Vietnam War. And Colin Kaepernick, I think by anyone's estimation, is not in the NFL today because of the stance he took. Their sacrifice, their conviction, their sincerity is clear. And there's also another way I feel like they're similar. My criticism of Colin Kaepernick from day number one has been that he threatens to pull us apart by having inaccurate assessments of the issues that plague this country. That's not a denial of issues that plague this country because there are some that are on racial dividing lines. Okay, But when he doesn't get it right, he pulls us apart. And early in Muhammad Ali's career, you know, he's been whitewashed. He's been sanitized. He's been turned into a myth, a legend, and well-earned because he's an amazing sportsman. He's actually dripping in charisma. I know he's not around anymore. He's dripping in charisma. And he's somebody I want to listen to. But I don't, I can't ignore who Muhammad Ali was early in his career. And he openly espoused bigoted points of views that pulled us apart. He said white people are evil. He said white people are the devil. He supported George Wallace, the segregationist governor of Alabama, because Muhammad Ali said bluebirds should stay with bluebirds and redbirds should stay with redbirds. He was talking about races not mixing. He was speaking against integration. These are horrendous views that Muhammad Ali openly espoused. Actually, to his credit, debated. He would go on BBC, go on the firing line with William F. Buckley and have it out back and forth. But let it not be forgotten that early on he spoke at a Klan rally, okay? Because this is what, and, and I forgive, and people change, and Mahali did and became an ambassador of peace and bring people together later in his life. But early in his career, he pulled people apart. And I think Colin Kaepernick has run the risk of that in a very different way. So that's why in you think very, it's similar. See, like very, I think the award is apropos. To start with the Ali stuff, when he first yeah. became involved in the Nation of Islam, Elijah Muhammad, and stuff that he later on was like, you know what, I don't believe in that stuff anymore. Uh, I'm a practicing Muslim, but I'm not. I'm not about it the way I was when I was younger and I was more impressionable. I mean, he's said this numerous times that there's a lot of stuff that he didn't believe in, that he regrets, and that he regrets believing in basically trying to promote a segregated community. But he was young, and he goes, I would go to these college campuses. I would see the way white people were treated. I would see the way black people were being treated. And I'd go, you know what? This isn't right. And I can totally understand him believing in that and seeing things that way and I can I can disagree with him and but I totally like whenever you read this stuff you go you know what man if I were black and driving around in the 60s like I could see him feeling that way I could see the nation of Islam being like you know what we need to start taking this thing back for ourselves forget trying to work this thing out like I understand those things yeah but I think the mm-hmm. problem for you will you you can't understand wait a minute I'm gonna back up there you can't understand even if you don't like it you can't understand a black guy at that time thinking that way well first of all you know the nation of Islam was rejected by something like 97% of the black population. So let's not overestimate that that point of view was representative of how black people felt in the 1960s. And I've done some reading on this and done some thinking and understanding on it as well. And I'm not willing to submit to the idea that that's just the commonly held way it was because I think the vast majority of people understand you don't answer bigotry with bigotry. You don't answer racism with just a different form of racism. Right, but I'm not playing numbers here. I'm talking about Muhammad Ali driving around in a car, going to campus, seeing stuff that is screwed up and going, you know what, I feel this way. I'm, even he 
later on said, I wish I hadn't gone that way. No, All I, I'm telling you is that I'm trying to get in his head and going, well, I could see how he would come to that conclusion. I think what happened for you, well, all right, we're going to have to carry this over a little right. bit later. Diana Rossini's coming by right now. Talk some NFL, the Giants and the Saints, Chiefs, ESPN Radio.